Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Guys and Ties podcast. We're back after a couple-week hiatus. It's good to be back. Before we get started, we just want to say a word from a good friends over at SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot good deals, and a red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. UVA football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to punch people from UVA right in the neck. They wear suits to games. That's absurd. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin, and with me is Rob. It is a Sunday. It's about 5, and uh, it's really hot outside. So um, we're inside, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk some sports. Rob, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, you know, just watching the, the NBA news drop right yeah. now. So KD planning on signing with the Nets. If so this is DeAndre spoiled Jordan. for you, something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you should have heard it by now. But So we're going to talk about some football today. Right, uh, we're gonna get out two episodes this week. We know we've been slacking. We're gonna get out two of those episodes. This one's gonna be about football. Next one's gonna be about basketball, which is better. But Rob said we had to talk about football today because there's just way more news. And it's also like almost football season. It's almost football season, <laughs> it's and I, close. I'm really excited for this football season. I'm excited to see what this team can do, and just seeing all the players, you know, buy in more and more each day is awesome. So. Let's dive right in, Rob. What what's the first thing you want to talk about? I feel like I feel like you know just hit on a bunch of things, and best way to do that maybe the top five football storylines to watch for this off season. We don't know. Yeah, Yeah. storylines. You know, fall camps approaching, and what is a what's your top storyline going into the off season? For me, it's the running back battle, man. Okay, and. Bronco actually talked about that. I'm going to cheat on this because Bronco said that was his biggest concern. And this mm-hmm. Jeff White piece, yeah. uh, this Q&A with Jeff White he had uh, earlier this week or last week or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of true. We still don't have a starting running back. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be the starting running back? Dustin, who do you think is the starting running back? Well, be? you know, Tua LaPapa was the one in spring camp. And apparently he looked pretty good. And um, I know there were some injuries, but I don't. 
I'm not really sure exactly what's going to happen. I think my guess is that's going to be a rotation of guys because they all seem to be pretty equal mm-hmm. in you know how they move and and what what we're looking for in a running back. And so I feel like it's going to be a rotation of guys and not just one yeah. guy. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because that's like the opposite of what Broncos done. Right. You're really, the past the past two years, definitely, but even the past three years. Right. Because like his first year, it was Smoke Mizell mm-hmm. with uh, Albert Reed, but mm-hmm. Albert Reed got hurt like pretty early in the year, and mm-hmm. it was pretty much just Smoke Mizell the rest of the way. And then the past two years, it's been Jordan Ellis taking 90 plus percent of the carries from the running back position. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's really kind of a three horse race, I would say, with two favorites, with Tula Papa and PK Kyre. Mm-hmm. Kyre is the guy we had heard all about, even though we really haven't seen him on the field. Right. But he's like, oh, he's the heir apparent to uh, to Jordan Ellis. Right. And then now Tula Papa steps in. Kind of the dark horse is Mike Collins, the freshman. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this is going to play out. Well, well Ky- Ky- Kyre was um, hurt during spring. So exactly. he wasn't working out. He didn't play in the spring game. And so I think Tula Papa had some momentum going into that and also going into the fall and, you know, summer camp, which, you know, should be good for him. But I think, I honestly think that he and uh, Kyer and honestly uh, Hollins as well is going to be getting a lot of touches. So it's, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how it turns out. I mean, I like the future at that position because I'm mm-hmm. high on Mike Hollins. Yeah. I really like Mike Hollins. But we just don't know if he's going to be ready day one as a freshman. Right. Tua Papa has a little more wiggle. He's a little smaller than Jordan Ellis was, but he's got a little more wiggle. Still a north-south guy. Mm-hmm. Kyer, we've been told, is Jordan Ellis 2.0, although we haven't really seen him. And limited action and garbage time, you can kind of see why you'd get that yeah. idea. But we just don't know. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. That's going to be that's gonna be an interesting battle to watch. Okay. So yeah. that's my number one storyline. Number going one storyline for Rob. Okay. Who's going to be the starting running back? Who's going to be the starting <laughs> running back? My second storyline is the wide receivers, man. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's there's some unknowns there. Yes. You know, Alameda's gone, and not just Alameda's production, but his leadership on the offense. Mm-hmm. Like he was a big deal to that team. This development's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, who do you think is going to be? our top receivers next year we've talked about this before and i think that um two guys stand out to me and i know that you've got two guys as well dubois 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 sorry, <laughs> sorry. dubois uh Hasis dubois he's he's gonna step up he's a big guy and he's that possession receiver that we love to have and also uh i think Jana terrell Jana is gonna step up as well he's uh he made some strides last season he looked really good against Pitt, and uh but we didn't see a lot of him throughout the year so hopefully he's able to, you know, step up a little bit more and make make that jump uh, in his upperclassman year. But then there's also the two uh, tra- grad transfers mm-hmm. that we had coming in. Jeff White in this piece, Bronco kind of like, like shed some light on these guys because we really hadn't heard much about them. And mm-hmm. Terrell Chapman, the Arizona State guy, um, you know, originally in Bryce Perkins recruiting class at Arizona State. So they know each other going back a ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking about Terrell Chapman's going to be this big play guy. You know, he barely had any cat. I think he had three career catches at Arizona State. Oh, wow. So I don't know. I don't know what he's actually going to be. Okay. But Dijon Brissett is the Richmond transfer. Mm-hmm. And what Broncos shed some light on, which was actually interesting, I hadn't heard this. We knew he hurt his foot last year at Richmond, which is why he missed most of the season, got the medical hardship, and he still got this year of eligibility left. But apparently he still arrived with kind of the 
surgical hardware or whatever still in his foot and he just had that taken out okay um so he missed he wasn't here for spring ball and uh apparently that takes time to heal so broncos saying he hopes uh Brissette will be ready by the second week of fall camp mm-hmm. so you know he was he could also be a breakout guy yeah he was good at richmond he yeah. was a heck of a receiver all caa type receiver but yeah we're i mean injury status for him is the big thing you know when is he going to heal and how how quickly can uh-huh. he get to that 100 yeah and i think i think there's two other guys too that i, I want to keep on my radar but i don't have like super duper high hopes for is joe reed is one mm-hmm. of them who you know has been on the team it seems like forever but has never really made that impact that he could mm-hmm. have made and also um tavares kelly you know he came in last year with some you know big playability we didn't see all of it there was some drop passes um we remember one against tech yeah. that he dropped <laughs> um of it was under it was severely underthrown by bryce perkins but it should have still been a 50 still, yard gain should have been a gain anyway you know and so i think that he is also in a breakout for breakout mode mm-hmm. potentially because he's fast and he can break away from people really easily just can he get the ball in his hands and also how do they do that how can they get get it to him easier yeah no i mean joe reed had it just kills people with this inconsistency Mm -hmm. and you know like you can just see he's a good route runner at times but other times he's not he's got good hands at times but other times he doesn't you Mm -hmm. know he was silent for so much of last year and then he had a breakout game against liberty he had that long touchdown run against georgia tech Mm -hmm. or reception but run after catch same thing with virginia tech the next week almost identical plays plus the one-handed touchdown all that momentum and he has like a catch or two against South Carolina in the Belk Bowl. So it's like, you just don't know what you're getting. He missed spring practice. If you see him though, on these workout videos though, he looks big, man. Like he looks like he's ready to go for this season, hopefully. Okay. And then, uh, dude, Tavares Kelly, Tavares Kelly is like, you just want to get him the ball. You can see in the spring game, he had a couple nice catches and Mm -hmm. you know, he's just got to learn to play. I think a little bigger than what he's used to. Yeah. Cause he's, He's not real shifty, but he's quick and he's fast. That's what Zacchaeus did. I mean, he played bigger than he oh, was. Absolutely. And he I mean, he definitely bulked up as as you know, he was gotten older at UVA, but when he came, like he was this quick guy who, you know, how do we get him the ball? How do we get him the, get him into space? Jet sweeps, Mike London. I know, and I think <laughs> I think that's what we're seeing with Tafaris Kelly's, you know, how can we how can we get him a screen? Yep. Can we give him a little, you know, pop? and you know run i don't know and so it'll be interesting to see if they use him more this season and if so how yeah because i mean he could be a weapon and then seneca millage is another type of guy in the similar mold you know just Mm -hmm. super super fast incoming freshman running back so Mm -hmm. and he's listed as a running back i think he'll be used kind of in that alamade zakias freshman season type role where he just kind of does a little bit of everything while they figure things out yeah exactly all right so wide receivers What's it going to look like? That's the second, my second storyline, Robert Alder's second storyline <laughs> to follow uh, this off season. Number three, I'm kind of cheating because okay. I'm taking two positions, actually lots of positions, the trenches. The trenches. <laughs> We're just calling the storyline the trenches the because trenches, right. there's unknowns there, man. Mm-hmm. There's There's unknowns, but there's also more knowns than we've had before as well under Mendenhall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't know what the starting offensive line is going to look like. One storyline that I don't think that plays into the trenches, one storyline that I don't think has got enough traction, three of our five starting offensive linemen from last year are gone. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Apple Fields getting the shot in the NFL. R.J. Proctor made it out to uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Good for him. Yeah. And then... Uh, Ring Jake- Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> uh, and then Jake Feeler graduated. So mm-hmm. what is he going to look like, man, on offensive line? Yeah. And it's, it's you know, we can name individual players. And Bronco Mendenhall has said he's just trying to get the best five on the field. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of... I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Dustin. I mean, we'll just kind of see, I feel like. I'm going to be honest and say that offensive line is not my strong suit. Just because, like, you know, they're pretty much like the unknowns at all times on the football field. Like, you know the quarterback, you know the wide receivers. But, like, no one ever says, like, the offensive line did a Mm -hmm. good job for this or that. Yeah, It's it's not, and when they do mention the offensive line, it's never like, oh, this one player in the offensive line is great. It's like, no, the offensive line as a whole sucked or the <laughs> offensive line as a whole was great. Yeah. And usually you don't hear anything else about that. But what I will say is that we've got some bodies now on the line. And we have, you know, as you, as I look through the roster, you see a lot of 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", sometimes. And you see some big boys up in the 320s, 330s as well. That's probably a little bit too big. But we're getting the bodies in there. And under Mike London, that was not something that we had, is a lot of bodies to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to see, you know, kind of last year, you know, it was kind of a revolving door as to who was playing at what position and where they were playing and who they were playing with. I think it's going to be kind of the same this year um, with that, just because there's, as you said, we lost three starting linemen. Mm-hmm. And we're not really sure where they're going to come from. So I think that they're going to put the best five out there that they've got, and they'll keep doing that. And that's definitely going to change from week to week. Yeah, I mean, the only guys we really know that are going to be in there are Dylan Rankinsmeyer because mm-hmm. he played center. Although apparently he's just the most versatile guy on the line. Like yeah. he can just he played tackle as a freshman. He'll be a junior this year, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, he can literally play any position on the line, right. which is kind of crazy to think about. So he was the center of you know if injuries don't come into play, then he's probably going to move because I know they're high on uh, Olu Watimi. Uh, apologies if I butchered that. And Tyler Fannin as well at center. Uh-huh. Nelson, he can play guard, he can play tackle. Uh-huh. And that's really all we know. Like they're going to they're gonna have some combinations. So that's going to be one of the first things I look at in the notes we get from the first couple practices yeah. is what that starting line looks like. Well, I know that Ryan Nelson played some last year. I know that Swoboda played some last year. Mm-hmm. Um glazer haskins i mean all these Wait, names I miss glazer glazer will be in there i mean all these guys are like there we know they're there but yeah. like who where are they going to be and who are they yeah. gonna, how's that how's that puzzle going to fit together we're not sure yet yeah so then defensive line is kind of the second part of this trenches storyline mm-hmm. because defensive line I, I still wouldn't call it deep but they're going to be a lot deeper than they were better better <laughs> hopefully they sh- like that's the thing it's like a they're going to be deeper mm-hmm. and b pretty much everyone who played last year with the exception of eli handback it's mm-hmm. like a freshman or sophomore yeah like they're just they should be more experienced and they should be bigger and they should be better too yeah you know yeah. you bring in Jawan briggs too and he's a guy to really watch you know top espn 300 guy like really and of course he's getting all the love too because apparently he knows like he can play like 10 musical instruments. Like he's like the Renaissance oh, really? man of uh, the football team, apparently. That's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, he's a good guy. Uh, seems like it. So, yeah. I mean, as far as that rotation goes, I'd imagine Eli Handback starting. Handback, yeah. Alonzo um, will probably Bernie. be there. 
Yeah, Bernie's a guy that'll be back this Famui year. Famui is hopefully not going to be hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy Crist will get some run in there as well. And, you know, they <laughs> we had so many people hurt on the line last year. And, of course, that, you know, the fiascos with, you know, transfers who wouldn't play and... Um, <laughs> And the whole Dylan Thompson, Dylan Thompson, and and people getting hurt, and then you know we didn't have any depth, but now we've got some more depth this year, and it'll be good to see how they come off a season which they overperformed. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, let's face it, like Richard Bernie and Mandy Alonzo, they were fine, they weren't great, but they did a lot better than we thought they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, add Aaron Famui back. Uh, Coming off a really good season where he got hurt at the end, uh, Juwan Briggs, who you know has a lot of hype, and also a new guy Ben Smiley, who probably has to lose a couple pounds mm-hmm. and get quicker, but uh, but should be good once he like gets there. The sad news of this is Jeffrey Embaugh, who was our French commit, officially is not a commit anymore. He had was, to reclassify. I was high on him. He could have been a fun guy. Do you know if he is going to try and come to UVA or if he's going somewhere else? My guess as he goes somewhere else, because okay. I know it was like an NCAA thing. I don't think it was a UVA specific thing okay. as far as academics go. Because I had no idea why he wasn't here. I just knew that he was not. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he put a tweet out. It was he like played the seesaw with us. He was like he put the tweet out that was like someone tweeted like, oh, when is he going to hit the field? And he replies like, I will be there very soon. Right. With like <laughs> The orange and blue. And like two days later, he's like, I'm reclassifying and opening up my recruitment. <laughs> And it's like, well, it's like, what are you some doing? Letter hit. Tell us. <laughs> Something happened. Yeah. Probably declared ineligible for this right, year. Right. Because we had another offensive lineman commit from, from Europe, too, that mm-hmm. wasn't able to come because of NCAA eligibility things. You know, I was wondering if it if it's grades or if it was like some visa or green card situation because do you need do you need one of those to play football or even go to school i have no idea i don't know i don't know i mean i my understanding was it was like like a prerequisite type things like he hadn't taken like the classes they needed for like ncaa eligibility that's so weird like i don't think it was a grade thing yeah but i don't know either because it's so weird because you're I, i mean i feel like if you're able to graduate from a european high school like French high schools are no joke. Like they actually make sure that you are smart. And so if you can do that and also play football the whole time, I think you're a pretty smart guy. And so it's weird that the NCAA is not able to, you know, transfer over some of that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's strange. I don't know. But all I know is like he was like doing all these camps. Like he was at a Penn State camp. He was at mm-hmm. a West Virginia camp. He was like posting pictures in like West Virginia gear. Some people are like, dude, what's going on here? It's like, oh, I'll be in Charlottesville soon. It's like, well, soon. okay. And soon. then he's reclassifying to 2020, <laughs> reopening his recruitment. I'd be surprised if UVA lands him. Okay. Because um, I think he's good. He, I mean, a lot of places had him as a four star, yeah. like coming out of Europe, yeah. even. I mean, the defensive line commits are so good. Juwan Briggs, four-star. Ben Smiley, kind of a higher-end three-star. He's big, too, because he's an in-state commitment, mm-hmm. which is nice. From um, the 7-5. Seven, 7-5-7, seven, seven, baby. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the rotation is going to look like. Like, some guys, like Juwan Briggs, I don't know if he's a better pass rusher or run guy. He mm-hmm. says he likes the nose tackle spot the best, which is kind of strange, because that's kind of the least glamorous 
of the spots on the line. I mean, that that's where you just put the biggest guy and yeah, that's what Eli Handback has been doing it. for yeah, three exactly. years. It's worked. We talk about him every once in a while, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting development there too. I think offensive line is more of a mystery. Defensive line is like, all right, there's bodies there now. What does it actually look like now that there's right. bodies there? Yeah. So that's that's my third storyline to follow the trenches. All right. So our fourth storyline to follow as we head in the fall camp, the kicking game. And that mm. means punter and kicker. Probably not kickoff because Brian Delaney, I think, has the kickoff down. Yeah, he was pretty good. He's got a big lag. Year. But who's going to be our field goal kicker and who's going to be our punter? You got any predictions here, Dustin? No. No, I don't. It's, I think it's wild. <laughs> I think it's wide open. And you know, the thing is, is that we had set there's so much drama last year after Mejia just couldn't hit anything. And then um and then Delaney came in and could only hit kicks from the right hash. Yeah. <laughs> and then um and then also uh Hunter Pearson, who was, you know, the hot shot freshman kicker who could kick, you know, fifty yard field goals, played one game for against Louisville. Mm-hmm. got hurt or didn't play the rest of the season is now a redshirt freshman so we've got like three or four people who could potentially be doing kickoffs place kicking and also punting for us yeah and then we got this justin dunkel guy who's the guy who posts all these twitter videos of him hitting these deep field goals yeah so it's like we don't know if this is legit because he just does it off the tee but yeah. it's like oh there's another name in the next so like, he's got a leg i'm pretty sure aj mejia is not going to be our kicker this year. Yeah, I'm he kind of sure sucked in the spring game again, and maybe that was harsh. I but. just think it. Well, I just think his confidence is shot. You know, I kicking mean, the kicking game is so it. it's so mental. Yeah. And if you miss one, you know, think back to Florida State wide right. Yeah, and um, you know, it just goes you know all the way to your head, and so it's mostly mental. I think the kicking yeah. game. That's a big part of it. Well, Mejia is physical, too, because he doesn't have a big leg. Yeah. His range was like 35 30 yards. yards. And it's like, well, <laughs> like we we have to be at like the 15-yard line to consider field goals with him. Right. It's not going to be A.J. Mejia. But is it Brian Delaney who, yeah, as you said, so uh, Hunter Pearson was like the freshman, like, oh, like, I think he's on scholarship, actually, Hunter Pearson. I think, yeah, I think that was the weird thing because, like, we offered him a scholarship and he's a kicker. Yeah. And he was supposed to be, like, this, like, life saving, yeah. you know, you hear about the, like, new. He's ge- a three star recruit. Like, yeah. he had stars as a kicker. Like, new new generation of, of UVA kickers. <laughs> like, the next great UVA quarterback, next great UVA kicker. And we've had good kickers in the past. We used to have good kickers we used up to, until a few years that ago. That was like the one thing Mike London recruited really well. <laughs> that was kickers. I mean, we always had a guy who could kick like a 40-yard field goal. Yeah. And then, uh, but yeah, so then he was hurt in camp, Hunter mm-hmm. Pearson, and he came back kind of at the beginning of the season, uh, apparently won the job for the Louisville game. I think he was like 2-2, two 3-3 two, three or, three or whatever in that game. He didn't miss. And then Brian Delaney comes out the next week as kicker. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I don't know what's happening. So it could really be three guys. And then at punter, it's going to be Nash Griffin or Brian Delaney. Mm-hmm. And like Brian Delaney somehow came out of spring ball as the starting punter, kicker, and kickoff specialist. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. But I don't know, man. If Brian Delaney, you know, there was a whole article on him. It's like, yeah, like it's totally different swings. Like you would think it's like similar, but it's really not between like punting and kicking. Yeah. And it's like, how is this guy the starter in all three <laughs> places right now? 
So I don't, I don't know. Well, hopefully it hopefully it gets spread out and and we get a punter and a kicker and a place kicker because we've got the bodies for that. We got a lot of people now in this competition. Yeah, and we've come a long way from when it was just AJ Mejia. <laughs> Good God. So, so my guess is Brian Delaney has the kickoff position locked down. I'm still saying I think Hunter Pearson is the starting place kicker. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to be the part starting punter. Let's do it, Nash Griffin. Let's throw him in there. Nash Griffin. Yeah. You know, he was the presumed guy until Delaney apparently had a good camp. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, man. All Hopefully right. it's good. It'll be good. I, well, because last year it wasn't bad. The only bad thing was the was the field goals. Yeah. No, punting was awesome last year. Punting Lester was, Coleman. Punting was, I mean, we had some good punters, Lester man. Coleman was awesome. Yeah. And um, Delaney was good on, on kickoffs. Mm-hmm. It was just field goals was a little eh. Well, he has, a, there's no arc to his kick. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a line drive. Yeah. So it's just like. But I don't think any of them got blocked last year. No, they didn't, which is good. He just missed from the right half yeah. <laughs> all the time. Wait, no, he could make it he, from the left half. Yeah, which is kind of counterintuitive. Not the right hash. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, because sure the Georgia right. Tech field goal that he missed was on the right hash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so kicking game, our fourth storyline to follow, and there's a lot of pieces in that. Uh, Last one we got for our top five is just, who's the star freshman this season? Mm -hmm. And like, it doesn't even have to be star freshman in the game. It's just like the star freshman in camp. Like last year, it was Tavares Kelly. Like everyone was talking about Tavares Kelly. All the players were, the coaches were, the media were. Oh, like you should see this guy like coming out of nowhere, like Mm -hmm. really talented, super fast. We're going to use him a lot. And then, you know, didn't really have that great of a season. We mm-hmm. kind of talked about him before. But yeah. um, Tavares Kelly is the star at camp last year. Doesn't mm-hmm. any guys on your radar for who could be the star at camp this I, year? I think, I think the big name guys are the ones that I'm going to look at. And especially uh, Ben Smiley, mm-hmm. who is the big time Virginia recruit that we got. Uh, defensive line. He's, he's a big boy, 6'4", 260. So I'm excited to see what he can do. The defensive line, we talked about this earlier, but the defensive line is pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I do expect him to get some run, though, probably against the lower-tier opponents this season. So it'll be good to see what he can do, uh, bulk up a little bit, uh, get stronger, and hopefully next by next year he'll be ready, maybe redshirt this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's weird. Bronco doesn't like to redshirt that much. So Yeah, I wish he did. I, I wish he like- did, too, because we could save ben, a guy like Ben Smiley for – have him for another four years after this yeah and like a receiver especially i feel yeah. like we should have been redshirting a lot of well, these i know like we had three freshman receivers last year who had like four catches between <laughs> them and none of them redshirt yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. um uh, then my next one is uh jaquay hubbard on the offensive line six six three thirty five really big boy probably needs to slim down a little bit to to do much to get a little faster um but he you know he was another three border four-star recruit that we got and uh, was a really big recruit for us on the offensive line. So hopefully he gets some play time this year, once again against the some smaller opponents to get up. And then um, lastly, the one I'm going to mention is, well, you can talk about Joan Briggs because I know you love him. But I was going to mention um, R.J. Harvey, our freshman quarterback from Florida, uh, 5'10", 190, blazing fast, um, I think pretty accurate too. Yeah, so, uh, I like him. A poor man's Kyler Murray, you might say, but... I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman or anything. He hasn't even played yet. So yeah. um, he's not going to play this year, probably. Hopefully. He better. Pray to God shirt. he does not. <laughs> he's got a red shirt. The quarterback position is so weird because it's like for the first time in forever, like 
there's actual secession planning taking place. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like every year we're like, oh, like who's the starter this year? Let's I guess find out. I guess it's Rocco again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Mike Rocco. Oh but yeah, it's like so we got Perkins for one year, mm-hmm. and then you got Armstrong presumably for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, up to three years. And Armstrong's awesome, man. Like, yeah. that dude puts some zip on it. He can move. He's starting to get real. Like, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. So then it's like at quarterback, like... He's, he's like he's like the real quarterback that Bronco likes to have. Yeah. You know, he's not as kind of dynamic as a runner as mm-hmm. kind of Taysom Hill was, but he's kind of like a lean over, put your shoulder into him, and he'll yeah. run you over type guy. Yeah. So, yeah, RJ Harvey, man, like... It's weird because I think he's a legitimate quarterback. Like, I mm-hmm. think he can be a quarterback in college football. He's only five foot ten, but he's also just such a good athlete. So the question is going to become, you know, if he doesn't have a path to playing time for four years. Does he switch? Does he switch? To wide receiver? I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think the other quarterback in the class, uh, Luke Wentz, the mm-hmm. German guy, I think he switches positions because I don't think he's as pure of a passer. Six four two hundred. Yeah. Tight end? <laughs> fullback maybe fullback maybe. bronco said when they brought him in they was just like oh he's such a good athlete like Taysom hill type athlete mm-hmm. um you know they put him at wide receiver some they put him at safety some i could see him moving positions <clears throat> um god what was that west virginia receiver who like was a quarterback and became like an all-american receiver mm. yeah he only, play, he only played like one year at wide receiver he was really good he like I, I graduated a year or two about. ago i, I remember he was about. a big story on game day all the time Maybe that's Luke Wentz. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. So, yeah. Anyway, freshman, my freshman to watch. Um, I really like the safeties. And the thing is, is that the safeties, there's depth there. So whether or not they have a good fall camp doesn't really matter because mm-hmm. they're probably still not going to play anyway just because right. there's your Joey Blunts, your Brendan Nelson. That's our best position. Yeah, Devontae Cross really playing well. Chris Moore is back this year. But, I mean, dude, in the spring game, I think it was Antonio Clary was just laying some hits out, man. Like, he looked really good, one of the early enrollees. Oh, really? Um, Another guy to watch, I think, Hunter Stewart. Hunter Mm -hmm. Stewart's big, man. Like, that dude, if there's an opening at outside linebacker, which there could be, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll see how the other guys progress. He's another guy that could be really good. Um, I think the guy who's most likely to just kind of produce those wow plays is just like every year, the speedy, quick freshman, mm-hmm. you know, Seneca Millage. Yeah. Seneca Millage is apparently one of the ESPN wrote in an article that he is, quote, one of the fastest guys in the 2019 recruiting class, like in college football. Yeah. Like he's I know he did like uh track or whatever mm-hmm. at his high school in Florida. Um, I mean, he's you looking for a guy that can just wow you like right off the bat. He could be that guy. It's it's weird you know, that you bring him up because he hasn't been mentioned in any of the, you know, when you talk about the running backs that we have, and we already talked about him, we didn't even mention Seneca Millage. Like, mm-hmm. is he that far down the depth chart or is he going to get well, any he's time weird. this year? So he's listed, uh, 24-7 has him listed as five foot six, 155 pounds. Uh-huh. I should actually check the roster because he's probably on the roster. The roster uh, has him as five six one sixty. Oh, so he got five pounds. Okay. But no, he's just like, he's not, he's not like a, the typical running back we've seen with Bronco Mendenhall. Right. You know, we've seen the big power guys who just run up the gut, get five yards where it is. And yeah. if there's anything more, take a it. A solid three and a half yards every yeah. time. So I'm like, okay with that. Some, I think some people recruited him as wide receiver. But again, he's small for a wide receiver at five foot six. 
you know, 24-7 had him listed as an all-purpose back, not a true running back. Well, he's in the running back position group, but I, I mean, don't know how they're going to use him. I, I mean, just he's, don't. he's someone who could potentially, you know, be used as a true option running back. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who, if Bryce Perkins doesn't like what he's got up the gut, he can pass it out or, you know, just pitch it to Millage and hope for the best. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I You know, it's... You know, it goes back to what we were talking about with uh, with uh, Ke- uh, Tavares Kelly, yeah, and how he doesn't really have a you know a fit right now, yeah, and to see if the if the coaches can do something, which I think they they're pretty good at finding the best fit for everyone mm-hmm. and making sure their strengths are used. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get Seneca Millage and also Tavares Kelly some run during the game so that we could utilize their speed and their ability to make plays happen. Yeah, dude, because like, I'm telling you, man, guys that can just wow you. Like, there's other receivers on the roster, big receivers. You know, we should say this too. This is a good recruiting class. Like, Broncos Mm -hmm. classes were not highly rated the past couple years. Like, last year, they were ranked 59th, according to 24-7. And this year, they're 34th. Mm -hmm. Like, and some of that is volume. It's a big class. But they're getting four star guys. Yeah. Like it's a big deal. Like, you know, this is a better this is probably the best recruiting class. I should have looked this up beforehand. I would say this is the best recruiting class Virginia has had in probably five years. I would agree with you. Like there's there's a lot of players, there's a lot of talent, and I don't know. We'll see we'll see who shows up. Um but there's a lot of guys that could you know, play. Yeah. You know? None at least the Broncos first couple of years, he's played some freshmen. None of them have really been super impact guys their freshman season. Mm-hmm. But heck, man, you never know. You never know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this class, and I'm interested to see what they can do and what this team can do this year. But let's stop talking about this class and start talking about the next one. We're always looking to the future. UVA fans are always making sure next year is the year that will be better, <laughs> especially for football. So, uh, Rob, what's the class next year looking like? Well, the staff is on a roll right now, man. They're mm-hmm. on a roll reeling in commitments. And they're not all kind of the highest rated commitments, mm-hmm. but they're on a roll and they're reeling them in. And, you know, they had Jimmy Chris, they had Bud Clark. Bud Clark, the safety out of Louisiana, four-star guy, really, really talented. I don't know if we'll keep him because he's mm-hmm. getting a lot of interest from the SEC, ugh, SEC schools down there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we'll keep him. Hopefully we do. but. Yeah. Donovan Johnson, the safety out of Louisiana, um, six foot two. They picked up that commitment like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. He's he. I'm really excited excited for him. And you know, we got Jimmy Chris too, who's in there. Um, it's Josh Rawlings, probably our first true tight end commitment since Evan mm-hmm. Butts. Like it's been a long time since we've actually had like a guy as a tight end out of high school come to UVA as a tight end. Yeah, you know, tight end position just isn't what it used to be. But, um, and the other big name that we got last week was Ira, I think it's Ira, Ira Armstead, mm-hmm. um, quarterback out of Indiana, six foot four. I was listening to, um, Brad Franklin just on, um, best seat in the house on the radio the other day. Brad Franklin talks up Ira Armstead, man. He's mm-hmm. excited about him. He says he's kind of the same mold as a Bryce Perkins, which is high praise. So... I don't know. We're the staff is on a roll right now. This is going to be a smaller class than last year's class, just mm-hmm. based on available scholarships. Um, 
and you know right now you know it's not as highly rated guys either kind of as we saw in the last class there's some that are highly rated you know your bud clarks your jimmy chris but we're bringing in a guy and sam brady who's a safety uh and wide receiver out of north carolina that you know wasn't even rated and the staff brings him in his only offer at the time commits to virginia as an outside linebacker Mm -hmm. so it's like these position switches like they're this is you know, the top half is really strong, but there's also a little bit of these diamond in the rough guys right now. I also think it's a just a fit thing. You know, I think we're getting a lot of guys who are, you know, believing in what Bronco and his staff are doing. I think we're getting a lot of guys who fit with the program really well. It's kind of what Tony's done for, you know, 10, 11 years is get guys who fit the program. And then, you know, you'll get some really good ones in there as well. And mm-hmm. some other ones that you'll just develop into really great players along the way. Um and so hopefully, and you know, we haven't had this staff for too long and they're finally getting their guys. So it'll be interesting, not just this year, but also in the following years, how they develop these guys that they're getting who aren't maybe four or five star guys and, you know, how well, what players they turn into overall. Yeah. We can get, you know, Jawan Briggs is great and all, but what's he going to be like in three years? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm interested in. And it's also like interesting that I feel like we should bring this up just like, the pipeline this recruiting team has right now mm-hmm. in Louisiana. And it's like, you know, the first couple of years they were really diving into Florida, like picking up commitments from guys from the state of Florida. And now like both last class and this class, like they're getting commitments out of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, like during the whole Mike London regime, it was like, we got to recruit the state of Virginia. We have to do really and well there. And then it's like, you know, it, that's kind of, our, the staff doesn't really seem to think that way. It's like, yeah, it'd be great if we can get in-state guys. And Bronco has said he doesn't feel like he can own the state recruiting until they beat Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. It's probably true as well. But there's just so many SEC schools, Penn State, you know, all these schools that are coming in and just poaching the top talent out of Virginia. So the staff is like, oh, we'll get them if we can, but we can just go elsewhere too. Yeah. And like, it's it's kind of crazy to think like some two of the states the staff has been most successful in recruiting is Louisiana and Florida. Yeah, right, <laughs> right in SEC territory. Yeah, from a staff that was all rooted at BYU and Utah right. before they came to Virginia. Right. So just some interesting storylines to follow, I guess. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Is there anything else you want to do? Any shout-outs you want to give? Any yells? Yeah, let's, you want to give some yells? Let's give some yells. My yell is to uh, President Jim Ryan, who worked out with the team a couple days ago. Uh, there's a really funny photo of Bryce Perkins looking at him yeah. before sprints. And Bryce Perkins is like, are you sure you want to do this? Um, but it looked like Jim Ryan had a good time. It's good for him to be involved with, you know, the players and everything. So good for him to do that. And it looks like he did. He stuck around and, you know, stuck with it. So good for him. Yeah. I'll give, I'll stay with football. I'll give my yell to uh, running back coach Mark Atawaya, mm-hmm. who brought it looks like a lot of the freshmen, but also just running backs. I don't really know who he brought. Whoever, really wanted, telling the whoever video, wanted to go. Just, it looked like they were just marching down the lawn. Right. Freestyle Friday is apparently his thing now. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it in his car. I saw a video the other week where he was like freestyling him and Jackson Mateo mm-hmm. and the uh, coaches like conference room or whatever. Mm-hmm. This was the most lit one, I guess. <laughs> just the whole team walking down the lawn. I love just, how our coaching staff is able to reach these kids and get them excited about something. Um, even when, you know, especially when the team was so despondent a couple of years ago. So yeah. it's been a really amazing change to see that. And it's, it, th- 
I could go into this whole diatribe here if I wanted to, but it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just like, these guys know the type of players they're committing. And like Mm -hmm. all these guys come in like super high character guys, like their biggest differentiators, this and thing like Mm -hmm. football and whatever else you want. It's, it's fun to see. Yeah. All right. And with that, that's our football episode for this week. We're going to do a basketball one later. We're going to release that later this week, but Hopefully the football one is enough to tide you over until then. But this has been the Guys and Ties podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We are on Twitter. Follow us at Guys and Ties Pod. Follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at Guys and Ties Pod. We are also on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, we're on Spotify now. I forgot where I was going. We're on Spotify now. Also follow us on iTunes and Podbean if you want to give us a listen. Check out Armchair All Americans too. They've done a great job. They've got a lot of sports coverage going on. Women's World Cup is great. We've got some UVA players doing really well, doing some good stuff there. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Go who's.